Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The volume. All right, everybody, we're going to have a great Sunday night. Some of you will see or hear this on Monday morning um, podcast, Colin Coward podcast. I uh, just got back from uh, nine, 10 amazing days on the coast of Rhode Island, walking on the beach. By the way, I want to give you a health tip. I read a study about a month ago where it said if you take your shoes off and walk on grass or walk on the beach for 30 minutes a day, it has health benefits. So for the last six months, minimum, I've had a messed up left foot, left toe, too many dress shoes, uh, none, not enough ventilation for my feet. So I get to Rhode Island and I take my shoes off every morning and I go for a 90 minute to two hour walk on the beach five days in a row. Saltwater, Atlantic Ocean, my foot is completely healed. No soreness, no red, no scars, no issues. So the study is right. Take your shoes off, walk on the beach, walk in the yard, let those feet breathe. <laughs> it did it for me. I told my wife, it's like a revelation. Um, I'm not going to live that long anyway. I live too long, but at least I want my feet to give me an extra year or two on the back end of my life. So I think I've, I've found that. So let's talk some college football. Uh, the story of the weekend to me, it's too bad the Pac-12 is going away because I think it's the best it's ever been. It's the only college football conference, Power 5 conference, that hasn't lost a game yet, and they're completely stacked at quarterback. Um, first of all, I thought Deion Sanders, I've said this multiple times, I thought he would give the program juice and publicity and Colorado football needs it, so therefore I thought it was a good hire. But I didn't think they'd be very good this year because I didn't think you could bring in 75 percent of your program through the transfer portal and be um, anything other than a bit inefficient and chaotic and mistake prone early. I I was shocked at how not well coached. Deion Sanders obviously can coach. We saw that at Jackson State. But for a first game with a 70 to 75 percent transfer portal team, this isn't the NFL. There's no preseason games. There's no inter-squad practices. These are 20-year-old kids, not 28-year-old NFL players. They were mistake-free, penalty-free, seamless, smooth. Uh, tip of the cap to Dion and that entire coaching staff. I mean, I've watched Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley bring in 
2025 transfer portal, guys, and it's bumpy and rocky early. <laughs> now, TCU's not very good. They put a ton of people in the NFL, lost their starting quarterback, Max Duggan, for a, multiple years there. So they're not very good. But they did not look buttoned up, and Colorado did. And my other takeaway on this game is that this year in the Pac-12, for people that live out West, this is the best quarterback group we have had maybe since like the Andrew Luck year. There were a couple years there with a lot of good quarterbacks. Um, but Cam Rising, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, uh, Bo Nix, uh, Jaden Delora at Arizona, and now Shadur Sanders, Dion's son. I text two NFL executives during that Colorado win. And I asked the question, am I nuts or do we have another first round quarterback in the NFL? And both executives said the same thing. His release and his accuracy and touch were A++. Deion Sanders' son is a first round NFL quarterback. I'm almost sure of it. 6'2", 6'2 and a half. You know, with his dad, he's going to be athletic. Excellent accuracy, tremendous poise, light on his feet, intermediate, out in the flat, deep ball. I thought Shadur Sanders, I know Dion gets the publicity, and we talk a lot about Colorado football. My takeaway was, oh, oh wait a minute. Dion's son is a first-round talent. Am I nuts? Uh, I was blown away. And again, TCU had a ton of NFL players and they weren't going to be as good this year. Uh, I still thought they would win. I mean, they were a 21-point favorite. Uh, but wow. So just think if you were an NFL fan and you're a, a maybe college fan, but you need a quarterback. I think Caleb Williams, Drake May. I'm not a huge fan of Quinn Ewers at Texas. I think he's Jay Cutler, arm talent, little sloppy, unrefined. Don't love his game, but he'll go in the first round. Um, I think Jaden Daniels at LSU has some first-round traits. Riley Leonard at Duke is raw, mostly a pocket guy that we can move. Um, he's a big-time talent. And now, Shadur Sanders. Uh, maybe now, they play Nebraska. So, you know, the hype bubble may get popped. Matt Rule, uh, they're going to go upset hunting. Um, but I, I, first of all, tip of the cap to Colorado. I did not think you could come into a football game with that many transfers and be that smooth. Had they lost, it wouldn't have mattered. I was seven, eight minutes into that game and they were running no huddle. They were going a million miles an hour. It was really slick. So that's just tremendous coaching. And I, I didn't think anybody. I mean, their, their turnover of their roster is without comp. I've never seen anything like that. I figured they'd have skill players and Dion's son would know the offense. But to build O and D lines in, in that amount of time to the portal. Now, their D line at Colorado is not very good, but their O line, pretty solid. Excellent work. My other takeaway in college football is Ohio State's offensive line and Texas offensive lines were awful, and it's not a matter of talent. I think we have to be totally honest here what's happening to college football, and we've seen it for a decade in college basketball, is that we all know due to the transfer portal and the one-and-done rule in college basketball, you can't really watch Kansas or Duke or Carolina or the top programs and judge them in October and November. It's all new players. 
Well, in college football, we're a little bit more demanding right out of the gate in September. But the hardest unit for any football team to to attain cohesion and chemistry is the offensive line. That's high school, college, or pro. We all know that. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Well, with a transfer portal and youth uh, and players coming from all directions and players leaving early, that even Ohio State and Texas, who are getting four and five-star guys across the front, their offensive lines just aren't ready to go. Now, Texas may have been looking ahead to Alabama, but I thought the Texas O-line, they couldn't initiate a run game. Oh, Ohio State's offensive line was a bit of a mess. USC's was awful in week one, better, but still some holes in week two. And I think I think we just have to look at college football a little like we look at college basketball when it comes to especially the O-lines. Just can't judge them in September. Guys leave early. You end up with young guys stepping in that aren't quite ready. So you go to the transfer portal. Offensive lines, even in professional football, they're not great in September. You're praying they're great post-Thanksgiving. So I, I watched Ohio State and I said, they're just not they're just not good enough on the offensive line yet. It's not a lack of talent anywhere. Uh, same with Texas. I like their their roster and I like their O-line. But but there's just it's that we have to look now at O-lines in college football like we do early college basketball. Just give me 6 weeks. Going to bring on John Middlecoff, former NFL scout in just a minute. Um I I say this probably every year, but I don't remember an NFL season where it felt so clearly defined on who the good teams are and the bad teams are. And of course, this all comes back to once the NFL wrote that gigantic check, that CTE check to the players of almost a billion dollars. I think it was like eight or $900 million. Uh, it was a quick pivot to the NFL to make the game less violent and quickly. And that, of course, has been highly beneficial to the offensive side of the ball. So it's a very quarterback-centric league. We've We've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, but uh, what I do think with the improved college quarterback play I watched this weekend, well, I'm not the only person watching that. I think front offices realize we're going to have five, six, or seven first-round quarterbacks. And I think we're going to have the most active trade deadline. In fact, I was told this by somebody inside the league uh, about a month ago. It's going to be the most active trade deadline in league history because you've got two A++ Drake May and Caleb Williams college quarterbacks, and I think several A- to B+, quarterbacks, uh, you know, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, a little bit of an injury history. Um, he throws an absolutely beautiful football. He is so poised. Uh, ball snaps. Uh, off his arm. Uh, he's a first round quarterback. Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of Quinn Ewers or Bo Nix as NFL prospects, but you know, they're Bo Nix put up remarkable numbers this weekend and he's going to with Oregon, uh, with some of their playmakers. So I think at the trade deadline, teams that get off to one and four, one and five, two and five, two and six starts, they're going to be selling off parts, soft tanks to get into the top seven or eight draft picks. So uh, I think we're going to have a very strong top, a very clear, weak bottom, and those bottom teams are going to sell off parts by week seven, six. If your team is good but has holes, this is the year for you because we know there's some great teams and some bad teams. It's those teams that we like 
Baltimore, we like. You know, uh, uh, the Jets, we like. Do we love those teams? Chargers, we like. Those kind of teams at the trade deadline, if they're aggressive, are going to have an opportunity to add significant pieces. I'm going to throw a name out. Mike Evans, Tampa, wide receiver. If they go into the tank quickly in Tampa, and I suspect they will, Mike Evans could be there for the taking for a team that needs a number one receiver. Let's bring in John Middlecoff, three and out, part of the volume, former NFL scout. The conference that that is dying, the conference of champions, we can call it the conference of NFL quarterbacks, Colin. The Pac-12 is thriving. Well, it's it's. I just spent the previous 10 minutes a large part talking about Deion Sanders' son. Uh, he will be draft eligible. Uh, but your takeaway, because he plays with Travis Hunter and his dad's the coach, I, I thought he was a first round. I mean, I looked at him and I went, oh, we've got another first round quarterback talent. I mean, his, his accuracy, deep, crossing, underneath, uh, flat, footwork, poise, release. I mean, it was jumped off the television set. But I don't know if he goes pro, does he? Shocking Deion Sanders kid is good at football. Uh, <laughs> who, 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 who would have thought? Uh, arguably the greatest athlete of my life. Uh, it, it was, that was, do you know what really jumped out to me, Colin? Just watching that game. I mean, just on the edge of your seat for TCU, Colorado. It felt like as big as an NFL game or whatever. Yeah. That That's why football is so big. It just felt enormous. Th- these kids... I don't know, 90% of the guys on TCU. And honestly, beside a couple guys on Colorado, you're just kind of learning about it. But prime time against this team that made this run last year, it just doesn't get any better. And then, like you said, that quarterback, we've talked so much, right, about the 49er situation and Trey Lance. And Trey Lance isn't alone. A a lot of guys struggle at just lacking poise and just comfortability in the pocket because there are instincts at that position. We we love like how six, five and he can run and he's got a strong arm, but you can kind of just watch a guy play. And you're like, this guy's very comfortable. They were down late. And it was like, this guy's not freaking out. He was just playing at Jackson state. It was, that's one of the bigger, I'm not trying to overhype this, but that, that was, that's as good as it gets Colin. That, that was fantastic. I, I literally text two people in the league and I'm like, am I out of my mind? He is so poised in his ability any throw, left, right, moving, his accuracy was insane. And I'm just like, you know, I didn't know. I, I honestly, over the no last month, I went to YouTube. I'm looking up highlights. I mean, I know about the Quinn Ewers, Kayla Williams, Drake May, uh, Bo Nix. I mean, I, I, we all know the guys that are going to get drafted. I like Jaden Daniels at LSU. I think he's always been, he was so skinny coming out at Arizona State. He didn't look like an NFL player, but I think he's a nice, he's got some real NFL traits. But, um, you know, I thought, you know, and, and this is the thing. I I, I, I love college football, and I, I, I feel bummed out that the Pac-12, this may be the best quarterback class in the history of the conference, and the conference is imploding. Um, but I will tell you, as I look at this NFL schedule, is... I said a minute ago, the trade deadline is going to be terribly, terribly busy. The top, we know who it is. The bottom, we know who it is. You get these Tampas and these Arizonas and these Houstons. If they get off the one and five starts, John, this is going to be soft tanks. I mean, these these teams need quarterbacks. 
I think we're going to have a crazy, crazy trade deadline. And players like a like like a, a Mike Evans at Tampa, who how many teams would be like, I mean, like if Buffalo starts struggling with Stephon Diggs and it's like, we got a roster, we got to go get a guy. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Let's start with Detroit, Kansas City. There's a sense Detroit's going to be over their skis. And they're just not ready for prime time. Is that how you feel? I think they're going to be really good. You know, I, I think that they have a high-level offense. I mean, that, that coordinator they have, they convinced them last year to not interview for jobs. Jared Goff has proven when you have a running game and a good offensive line, which he did right away when McVay got there, he was really, really good. Never Mahomes, Josh Allen, but you could win. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl with the guy. And I know everyone thought it was crazy for them to take that running back, but Dan Campbell saw it firsthand with uh, Alvin Kamara, and they view him like that, kind of a hybrid player. St. Brown's a stud. Jamison Williams got to get healthy slash stay out of trouble, but he, he's extremely talented. And they have a really good offensive line. So offensively and, and defensively, Aiden Hutchinson last year by the end of the season looked like this guy's got a chance to be one of the next really, really good pass rushers. I think they had another guy that they drafted in the mid-rounds that had eight sacks. Secondary is going to be a problem, but most teams in the NFL don't have great secondary. I'm not going to end all be all Thursday night. You, you can lose that game, but but I, I'm i going to pick them to win the division. I know you loved Minnesota last year. Obviously, Rodgers is gone. I I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and, and take the Detroit Lions to, well, to win their division. No Chris Jones. So Detroit's O-line's probably a top three to four O-line. And if no Chris Jones, good point. that is a ball control. 
Jared Goff playing either with a lead or in a close game. Goff gets into trouble when the O-line deteriorates. He's playing from behind with no run game. With no Chris Jones, it, you, it almost guarantees that Jared's going to have a reasonably clean pocket with that O-line. So, I, 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 again, I would take the points and the lines in the opener. I know everybody's bailing on him. This is a big spot. But um, there was a big spot against Green Bay to end the season at Lambeau. Big national TV game, and I thought they outplayed the Packers. I, I think one thing that's going to really be under the microscope this year is last year. Remember, they started slow. So, they kind of got to just let it rip toward the end of the season, and they finished hot. But this year, all of Campbell's moves, right? If they're two and two or three and one, when you go for it, when you kick a field goal, when you punt, I mean, that stuff comes under the microscope when you're good. That, that's yeah. the way we talk about the Belichicks, the Andy Reeds, the Kyle Shanahan's. It's the it's not just a great play call. It's time management, game management. You're going to be in tight games. People are no longer looking past you, even though you haven't accomplished anything. They're, they're all taking you seriously. So I, I think that's the one question mark is just Dan Campbell game management. I mean, that, that could be the difference between 11 and nine wins, right? And can cost you a division, a wild card spot. Uh, he's got to prove it. Um, there's two or three games that are really interesting to me. And the Packers bears is one where I, I do feel the pressure is on Chicago. So green Bay's had so much recent success. And, and by the way, beyond recent 20, 25 years of success, Favre and Rodgers. So, and I, and I think Aaron's first year, he was six and 10. So I don't believe anybody thinks Jordan Love has to get him to the playoffs. It, it's going to be, no. you can even see in the preseason, John, it's been a very cautious game plan. He's got a good old line, a nice run game. They're going to hold his hand a bit here. And I think, I think nine and eight would be, would feel like a really nice opening year. Justin Fields is five and 20. They've given him big pieces. Chicago's a major media market. It's loud. Eberflus has to win. He's a defensive coach in an offensive league. I feel there's real pressure on Chicago here to win and perform. Um, I think they will win. I, I do. Um, but it, it really interests me because very rarely do we put a ton of pressure and consider it a huge game for a quarterback that's five and 20. But I, I kind of feel like and I think he will deliver, but I kind of feel like Justin Fields has to start winning quickly. Yeah, I think the pressure is much more on him than the coach and definitely the GM. Are you still a believer in Carolina this year? I I didn't love it. It hasn't looked pretty. <laughs> no. Well, well, Chicago has their pick. So Chicago's got some firepower that if shit hits the fan this year with Fields and it doesn't go well, that they have a pretty seamless you know, transition point, even if they don't get the number one pick, we've already talked. There's a ton of quarterbacks in this draft. I think it's on him, right? Throwing the ball. We know he's a Deion Sanders level, remarkable athlete, but to win in the NFL third and eight, can you complete the deep out? Can you complete the deep in on second and 10 when you run, you know, when you get stuffed on first down. And I think that's the major question mark. You can't always, unless you're Kyle Shanahan, just run like wide receiver screens. You know, you, you have to push the ball down the field. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, now, I loved him coming out in the draft, but I know a lot of people, at the coaching side of the scouts, like the scouts like Justin Fields because of the raw ability. A lot of the coaches, you know, Kyle Shanahan didn't think he saw the field very well. You know, the the and that's what comes down to being a great player is timing rhythm within the pocket. 
And that that's the big question mark. But I actually think if it doesn't go well for them, if Carolina's bad and they're bad, they're going to be in great position with all these picks to take a quarterback. They got some you know pieces on the team and kind of transition perfectly. Um, Philadelphia, New England interests me. So New England at home, three and a half point dog, no Shane Steichen. Um, so the pressure now on Sirianni to, to pick the right coordinator. So Sirianni struggled, uh, until he gave Shane Steichen the play calling and then it was off to the races. Now he leaves, by the way, Justin Herbert was Shane Steichen, ascending player. Steichen leaves. Joe Lombardi comes in and Justin Herbert struggles in the second half of games. These coordinators, ask Matt Ryan with Kyle Shanahan, these coordinators change everything. It matters. I, uh, it matters a lot. And I think Philadelphia faces far more good quarterbacks. They're going to pull back. I give New England a shot, if their O-line can hold up, to win this game. Um, kind of your takeaway on what we'll see from Philadelphia this year. Well, I think Philly... Obviously, last year came really close, and they brought back a lot of the same guys, but they did add one of the biggest wild cards in recent memory of the draft. And he's so freaking good that he's going to play a lot, right, in Jalen Carter. So they felt really good about their infrastructure, but they didn't have, once they got rid of Carson Wentz, like the last couple of years, they've had a really buttoned-down, high-level squad. And once you get to that point and you can't quite get over the hump and they got great value, you start taking a couple swings. Like, that's something... Do they have to have guys holding his hand? Is he just a fit-in guy? Because if he is a fit-in guy and there's no issues, their talent, they let Hargrave go to the Niners, they won't miss a beat. So their defense you know, could be even better with, with the pass rush standpoint, which it's hard to be, which how good they were last year. But I, I'm with you. Anytime you have an offensive coordinator change, I mean, Jalen easily could, if he didn't get banged up, wins the MVP. So that's, that's a hard standard to just maintain. And we talked about this. There's a lot of really good players that have some great seasons and then come back to earth. The great players, the Mannings, the Brady's, uh, Rogers forever do it every single year as coaches going in coaches going out. And I think that's what he has to prove now. And we've also talked about that. They're betting on the guy. Obviously they have a ton of their offensive lines. Awesome. AJ Brown, like what a trade. I think Devonte Smith could have an enormous season. They have a million running backs. So the talent's definitely there. I, I think my kind of wild card this year is I might pick the Cowboys to win that division, but it's not because I don't think the Eagles are good. I just think they're both, you know, 11 to 13 win teams. I feel better about the Cowboys. Just They're going to be probably the best defense right now. I don't know when Nick Bosa is going to show up. Uh, maybe if you're listening to this, he signed, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's that close. So the Cowboys got everyone there. Their defense is deep. Their offense just needs to be solid. Uh, they got now Trey Lance to act like Jalen Hurts in practice. And the Eagles, you know, that, that Super Bowl hangover is real. We've seen it for decades. That team that gets so close doesn't win it, kind of comes back to earth, even though they got everyone coming back. But like you said, the coordinator change, I don't care how good you think the next guy up is, there's, there's usually a drop-off or, yeah, or a learning uh, and, curve. Yeah, and I remember a few years ago, Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, told me, he said, we have this young OC named Shane Steich, and he's like, oh, he's going to be great. This guy is yeah. will not be able to keep him. He's gonna he's gonna leave. Um, okay, so I, I want to talk about the Cowboys and the Giants because I had said this before I went on vacation that it's become very popular to kind of bail on the Giants and to say, listen, uh, it's Brian Dable. There's a ceiling. It's clear with Daniel Jones, and the schedule's harder. The schedule's not as hard as people make it out to be. It's around 
15th, 18th hardest, 19th hardest in the league or, or somewhat. It's, it's harder than average, if I recall, but it's not overwrought. It's not overbearing. The one thing I like about the Giants is I, I do think it matters where you're great. And they're great at left tackle. They're great at tight end now with Waller and Saquon Barkley. Uh, they have a potential great rush in and Kayvon Thibodeau. They're great on the defensive front. They're great offensive coaching with Brian Dable. And they have an athletic quarterback in his prime who finished with a higher passer rating than Aaron Rodgers. Most of their players, their, their best players are not only in key spots, they're all in their prime. The Rams have players in key spots all out of their prime. Yeah. The Giants are young. I mean, the Cowboys have some players I like, not all in key spots, but tight end, back, left tackle, rush end, offensive coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way on this. I I don't see a free fall for the Giants. I don't think their schedule's quite as daunting as people are making it out to be. Um, what say you? You know, it's funny. I was in the car today, and you know, like a weirdo, I'm thinking about who can the Giants win that division? Is it possible? It it would be a pretty big jump, right? Because the Eagles and Cowboys just have more talent. But we just talked about coaching changes. Obviously, the Eagles had a lot. Cowboys had a pretty big one, too. I mean, is Mike calling the plays? Him and Schottenheimer, you get rid of Kellen Moore. The Giants had zero turnover, right? Kafka, Dayball, running the offense, and Wink Martindale's one of those classic, like, Fangio-level guys. He's just not going to become a head coach. He's going to be there for a while, a lot like Andy now with uh, with Spagnola. He's, he's going to be their coordinator for a while. And even if Kafka leaves, like, Dayball can run it at any moment. So the consistency there. A lot of people have used this, and I've said this forever, and this was the comp that I heard when he was coming out because I thought the pick, you pick Daniel Jones, number six overall. It's like he's a lot like Alex Smith, high intelligent guy, a little bit better arm, physically like everyone likes him, very buttoned up. And for the first several years of his career, I was kind of out because it was hard to watch him. But then looking back, it's like, look who was coaching him. And then you get a guy, a lot like Harbaugh came in. By that second year with Alex, he ended up getting hurt in the middle of the year, and that's when Kaepernick came in. But he was shooting like a rocket ship. You're like, this guy's a real player now. Yeah. And what do they do? They get Darren Waller, which when he's on the field, you've watched him in the preseason. He's a dominant player. The question, can he just stay on the field? But if you get him, you get, obviously, Saquon is, feels like he's all in. He got his contract done right away after he kind of was acting like he was going to hold out. That didn't last long. You draft Hyatt from uh, Tennessee. He can fly. This is a coaching league. And their coaching staff is really, really good. So... Are they as talented as the other top two teams in their division? No, not player for player. But like you said, key spots. And if Daniel Jones, they don't need him to go from like a six to a 10. But can no. he go from like a six to a seven and a half? Then are they looking at, instead of being a nine-win team, are they an 11-win team? And much more formidable. I know they beat the Vikings, but they had no chance to probably beat the Cowboys, the Niners, or the Eagles. And now are they in, if they get to the final four in the NFC, and it's those four teams, could they beat one of those teams? And I think it's fair to say that, yeah, they might be in a position when it's all said and done to be able to at least compete with them for maybe one game. They're probably not a Super Bowl contender, but that they might be much more legitimate as a squad top to bottom when it comes to January football in 2023 than they were last year. So, John, one of the things we do, um, you know, the, the, the history uh, is a great guide for what's going to happen. We know, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but like the last 12 teams that have been on hard knocks, like there's one playoff win. 
but because of Aaron Rodgers, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, he arrives in town and the, and the belief is he's this magic elixir and he'll solve everything. But this is a team that's not good at tackle, that's opening with the Bills in an AFC that's got pass rushers everywhere. You have an older quarterback who can be prickly when things don't go his way and no longer is a mobile quarterback, right? Like Aaron now, he gets rid of that ball quickly. He doesn't want to get hit and he's a pocket quarterback. They have one really emerging star receiver, but Corey Davis retires. They're pretty average at tight end. Um, they went and got Dalvin Cook, which I think helps. But I look at this team and I think to myself, young quarterbacks, Herbert Burrow Mahomes, I don't worry too much about regressing O-lines. Old quarterbacks, Brady, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron's never had a bad O-line in Green Bay. Do you know Jordan Love in his first two preseason games was not pressured a single time? So, okay. Yeah. Stafford last year, bad O-line. Brady yeah. last year, O-line injuries in Tampa interior. I think Buffalo wins the opener. The, the best part of that line, it was one and a half, now two and a half. I think, I think it could be a little bit of a, now Von Miller's not playing. But I think this Jets team, it could get really surly, really prickly, very fast. Like I'm talking third quarter, late third quarter against the Bills. Your thoughts on what we'll see? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of the highest rated games in recent memory. I mean, that, there are going to be a lot of eyeballs. 9-11, New York, Rodgers, Bills. You're right. The the uh, Von Miller news that I think was last week, right, that he was kind of trending. They thought he, Now he's out four weeks, but obviously just that game specifically. They named Mekhi Becton. Which is just a major question mark. Like, is the guy even good? It's one thing to like, hey, we got this guy. He can be a functional starter. You don't even know if he can function out there, right? Can't is he going to get your guy killed, or is he just going to be a solid player? You don't have to worry about him. To me, that's a major, major question mark. I would imagine Sean McDermott is just going to be bringing all sorts of stuff over there. Now, granted, that's his right side. Aaron can see he might just have to hit the ground. Randall Cobb starting at at slot receiver. I mean, kind of. I'm. I don't know. Sometimes I buy into hard knocks. I always say I'm not going to watch it. And then I do. And I, he's clearly in a really good headspace. but how you start matters. Sala has to like Deion Sanders. He's just natural in front of the team. He, he's really good at that, but ultimately you got to win. You, you got to produce. So all of a sudden you lose that game. They play Dallas week two, right? So, I mean, it's, it could snowball really quick. Uh, I, I'm a believer just because I, I, I think this guy, we, we've seen him, for the last couple of years, you're right. They had a really good offensive line, but the easiest way to avoid question marks, run the ball, run the ball. And that's what they did Aaron's first year when he was kind of playing shitty in Green Bay when the floor got there, run the ball. And then you, you we're not gonna, you don't have to carry us on your shoulders, which he ended up doing the next couple of years, which doesn't really work in the playoffs at Lambeau, but just try to lead the league in rushing. That makes everything much easier. Now, one thing they got going for him, Again, this is a little hard knock scouting. Their, their defense looks pretty incredible. I mean, they got pass rushers everywhere. Quinn and Williams has a chance to be like a bigger version of Warren Sapp. They have what could be the best, if not a top two corner. So you locking down one side of the field. Uh, if you can be a top two or three defense and lead the league in rushing, that usually is a formula, especially with say what you want about him. He is very, very intelligent as a quarterback, so he can help out the pressure of Nate Hackett and just some of those guys. And like you said, I mean, Garrett Wilson might just, we might look up and he's a 115 catch guy for like a while. I mean, he, he's got a chance to be really, really special. Division's tough. 
I mean, it's, who are you going to pick to finish last in that division? Right? It's hard. You, you could make a case for every team, obviously even separate the Bills who have owned that division, but all other three teams winning 10, but also winning seven. So I'm going to throw this out to you. Um, usually if a wife talks of a pro athlete, she's giving you the honest truth, right? It's unvarnished. Sure. Yeah. And I'm going to have two things converge here. You and I were both blown away by the quality of the college quarterback played the last two weeks. Like it's better than we thought. And Matt Stafford's wife comes out and says publicly, yeah, like Matt doesn't connect with any of the players. They're all too young. And I had, I had somebody tell me, uh, you know, during the off season and it was validated by Matt Stafford. He came out and, and uh, even though the Rams sort of pushed back on this, Matt Stafford confirmed what I'd been told, which is they tried to rework his deal to make it more team friendly. And he said, no, thanks. Um, I think the Rams are going to draft a quarterback with their first pick. And here's my question. Cooper Cup now probably doesn't play in game one. The trade deadline, I've been told, is going to be very active because of the quality of the quarterbacks coming out of college. If Cooper Cup doesn't play in week one, they get housed or beat by the Seahawks. You start looking at that schedule. It's no day at the beach. I could see the Rams moving off Aaron Donald moving off Stafford. Now, they do have some really good elements at key positions, but Cooper Cup maybe not playing in week one to me is a huge, John, red flag up in Seattle. Seahawks five and a half point favorites. Give me your thoughts on Stafford's wife, uh, uh, you know, the the stories that they try to rework his deal. He got the, sh- you know what kicked out of him in Detroit, Right. He, yeah. he, last year he did. He's a, he's a weathered 35, 36 year old. Absolutely. <laughs> Take away on the Rams, Cooper Cup, and what I just talked about. Well, I'm complete. I've been out on the Rams. I think they were going to be horrendous. That I just don't think their roster is any good. They were too top heavy. Anytime you got to go see a specialist a week before week one, and it, it's not, you know, that's what pitchers do with their elbow. This is a hamstring. I, I that's not good. And, you know, I don't care. Aaron Donald could have 25 sacks. If no one around him can make a tackle, you're in trouble. I don't even think the Stafford thing is that weird. I mean, there is a gigantic gap. I think if you're 35 or over, and if you're maybe 23 or younger, just technology. A kid has been on the internet from the moment he's alive. I remember getting my first cell phone in like 2001, and it, it... did not look like this. So, I mean, they're, they're, I, I do understand struggling. And listen, I, we're all guilty of this, and, and I try to fight it, having your phone in front of you. But that generation is on a completely different level. That's just how they communicate with everything. I mean, they could be sitting across the, the hallway and be texting with the guy. That's how they talk. So I, I kind of thought that was relatable from Stafford, though it's not ideal what you want to hear from your star quarterback who's your team captain that you're paying $45-plus million to. I think it's over. I mean, I think this the whole run was over. I think they paid these guys, rightfully so, after they won the Super Bowl. They clearly regret it. No team pays guys enormous amounts of money and regrets it faster and and more quickly than the Los Angeles Rams. They, they do this <laughs> over and over and over and over again. Usually when you pay a guy, worst case scenario, maybe there's a bad injury. You're like, that sucks. But they, when the guy's even playing, they're like, God, we regret that one. They've done it with like seven different players. It happened with the first iteration of their squad. Jared Goff, remember McVay was out on. Todd Gurley's knee gave out. Now this group, if they could have all these redo, they probably would and just tank. 
but Colin, I think they're in major, major trouble. I mean, I, you're looking at, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think the Caleb sweepstakes is out of the realm of possibility. At Somebody. least Drake may. I mean, I, I think they got top five draft written all over them. And like you said, Aaron Donald, would some team, I don't know, like the Steelers, just throw out some great teams. Like, would you just trade your first round pick for them? And then if you're the Rams, just kind of reset it all? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Well, yeah, and I, I also think it, it's interesting because once you get the quarterback, now you've got all this cap avail- availability. So if you if you have two firsts, you can get your quarterback and your left tackle. And that means they wouldn't have to pay note boom in one year. So that frees up more stuff. So I exactly. I, I think the Rams are going to start out. They're going to get beat by Seattle. And and I think it, it could unravel quickly. But the Stafford comments, I thought, yeah, he's an old weathered quarterback. I, I think it's going to get ugly fast. They don't they don't have a two. Van Jefferson's a three paid like a two. So they they really don't have. Tyler Higby's a good tight end. Cam Akers, solid running back, but no Cooper Cup. He's their volume receiver. They're going to be bad on both sides potentially. Well, the, the the thing is with Stafford, no one's ever talked about him like a like a Rogers or a Russell Wilson where there could be a disconnect. People love him. I, I know people that have played with him that swear by the guy. He's like a guy's guy. Yeah. So this shows you that team has a gigantic Grand Canyon level gap of this group of all these young guys and then some of the older guys who are insanely rich now. I mean, yeah. Aaron Donald when it's all said and done is going to make two hundred plus million dollars. Stafford's made a ton. But I think this is the great year to you look up, you see Michael Penix, you see Bo Nix. Even if you don't get Drake May or Caleb, I, I think you can end up with a starting quarterback like pick six. By the way, let's let's um, wrap it up with this. Let's go back to college football and talk uh, Caleb Williams and USC. So um, there were some with Caleb Williams. You're seeing a lot of scouts. There were multiple scouts at the Coliseum um, and uh, scouting directors and scouts watching Caleb. Uh, they have a receiver, Dorian Singer, Monheim, an offensive lineman, um, a safety, Kalen Bullock. They've got they've got some NFL guys. Mason Cobb did not play a linebacker, but there's their USC's got some, you know half a dozen NFL players. Um, one of the things uh, a, a scout sent me, he said, you know, Lincoln Riley has a type. Uh, they don't have a lot of size at wide receiver. They're all twitchy. They're all fast. They're all quick. But as I watch Caleb Williams. Um, my takeaway was that there's a weird, and I don't know if Lincoln Riley cares, but they could have taken him out in the second quarter. But there is that sense that he, he is now NIL, you're marketing him, um, and they don't have a great backup. Miller Moss is fine. And I was, I was sitting there watching this and I'm thinking to myself, the, 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 their schedule gets really hard. November, December, or November. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you do with Caleb? I mean, quarterbacks now are throwing for four or five. Penix is throwing four and five touchdown passes. Bo Nix. How much do you play Caleb Williams? I've argued that if they got to the Pac-12 championship game, there's no reason to play if you have to play Oregon again or Washington. Just don't. Yeah. There's no <laughs> reason to play him. Where are you on how much do you play Caleb this year? I heard you say that there's no conference next year. So I, I, I'm their offense is remarkable. And he's, I mean, the easiest number one pick in a while since Trevor Lawrence. But I, I don't really see it yet. And that's early. And, the, you know, they're playing Nevada. They're playing who they San Jose State. The defense, I, 
listen, it's hard to also judge Oregon. They won 87 million to zero and Washington looked fantastic. I, I do think those teams are a little more physical on defense. So not, not that, listen, you nitpick any top player, but those games, Notre Dame and obviously Utah, which looks really, really physical. But those are just fantastic games to feel really, really good about when you take the player number one overall, if he lights them up and if he just yeah. goes on to be the first back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. He clearly, I wouldn't say he's in the driver's seat because of what happened at Colorado, but he's squarely in the mix. Uh, to me, he's just judged on, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of, there's no way it feels like he can be overtaken. So those games are just, I, I mean, Washington has a big-time NFL pass rusher. They always have legitimate NFL secondary guys. Dan Lanning is an SEC guy. They clearly have horses on defense, and Utah always pumps out guys. So I, I think those games, I think USC is going to lose one of those games. Well, uh, and I, I think potentially two. Like, I, I don't necessarily, Colin, it's kind of in Lincoln's ethos defensively. Like, I, I like my offensive coach, like Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. They value defense. I, I just think Lincoln, I, I just don't see it on the body type. So for them to... I guess you can get there with one loss, but I I think this conference is really, really good. All these teams, especially Oregon and Washington, they have NFL quarterbacks. Notre Dame looks excellent. I mean, they they haven't played anybody, but they they do. We know they have talent. Uh, I think it's less about Caleb just because his story's already kind of written, right? He's going to play. He's going to put up stats. It's what happens when their defense has to make plays. Like, can they bail him? Can they help him out, right? He, can he does he always have to bail them out and that's what it feels like right now when I watch them play yeah it was interesting I sat there in the second quarter and I kept saying okay let's get him out of the game <laughs> get him yeah. out of the game what, what are you doing and then I'm thinking no no the Heisman he's front and center um ultimately I can't I I guess Lincoln Riley can't think about that I saw Lee Corso pick USC to win the national championship and and my takeaway is I do think you can win it offensively. I didn't think you could win it offensively 10 years ago. I do think you can win it offensively, but Lincoln Riley's interesting. And I think you bring up a really good point is that most, almost all great offensive coaches value defense. I'm not saying Lincoln Riley doesn't, but I do wonder with the style of play that USC plays, can you develop toughness and a great defense in practice that's where you develop a great defense that was always the knock on chip right their their physicality when they got up against the sec teams when he was at oregon because you practice ones on ones right when you go offense defense and you you're kyle shanahan what do they do they run the ball down your throat so in practice what do they have physical defense right andy just has he's just inclined to love physical freaks on defense and defensive linemen so it's like same with sean McVay. it's kind of like how they've been taught it's not even that their offense is more spread, but they like the big D lineman. By the way, Harbaugh loves to run it. Michigan's physical. Stanford got physical. The Niners with him got physical. Ryan Day, the recruiting by Brian Hartline has been so good for Ohio State at wide receiver. Urban Meyer was on my show a month ago and said, you have to get the ball to those receivers. What's happened to Ohio State? They have not run the ball effectively and consistently. They look under- soft. Why? Because at practice, You have to get the ball to Harrison. So it does matter. As Ohio State's become a flashier, more perimeter program, it has affected their physicality and their punishing running style. And I think that Caleb is so spectacular. I'm talking to a a scout at the USC game. He's like, 
They have nine receivers and tight ends that can all catch and run. Well, you have to showcase that. So it's not that they don't run the ball, but I do think when you're as gifted as Caleb is, or you have as great a receivers as Ohio State does, and you want to exhibit that, and that's the strength of your team, it can hurt physicality at practice. I, I actually think too, from a, from a quarterback standpoint, because Caleb has less to really like, can't really earn anything. He's already kind of been anointed and he keeps backing it up is the other quarterbacks that get to play him just because all the eyeballs will be when Washington plays him, when Oregon plays him, when Hartman at uh, Notre Dame plays him, it's a great opportunity for them to increase their stock because from a scouting perspective, when you watch Manning and then Brady comes on the field, then Manning and Brady, you can see the high-level play, even though they're not ever on the field at the same time against each other. I I think one of those guys, if not multiple of those guys that play USC – are going to jolt themselves up because so many people are going to be watching those games from an NFL standpoint. By the way, I took the last 10 days off on the East Coast in Rhode Island, and it's fascinating because Rhode Island loves its lobster and is really proud of its lobster. So you see lobster art, lobster pants, lobster on every menu. There's just lobster logos everywhere. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. You don't see crab art and crab pants. And I was telling my wife, I just, I ate lobster every day because I've never eaten it, you know, my entire life. But I am here to tell you um, that because fewer NFL teams, the NFL preseason is shorter and fewer starters are playing. It was great because some schools have started around the country. I'd never taken the last week of August before Labor Day off. Holy shit. That is, I'm doing that. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. It's a life hack. I literally said that is the 10 days in America. Because a lot of people, 4th of July is the peak of their summer. And then by the last week of August, you've used all your vacation time at work. John, you want to go check out some lobster in the last week of August? I got a a place now. You're welcome. Welcome. I'll I'll, I'll see you there in 2024, (laughs) Rhode Island, last week of August. All right, buddy. Good stuff. See you, Colin. The Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.